Hello everyone, welcome back to the Knowledge Group Podcast, where we're taking a forward look at what speakers are covering at upcoming events. This time we're turning our attention to litigation and enforcement updates at the ITC and taking a look at the 2019 landscape. We're going to go live with this event Monday, April 29th, running between 12pm and 1pm Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be joined by Tony Pisano, a partner at DLA Piper LLP, and Andrew Clark, a Vice President of Analysis Group. Information about our panel and more information on how to sign up for this event will be found in the description box down below. You'll also see the code PODCAST25. When you use that at checkout, PODCAST25 gets you 25% off that first webcast registration. Let's turn things over to our panel now. My name is Tony Pisano. I am a partner in the New York offices of DLA Piper. I am past president 2009 of the ITC Trial Lawyers Association and have successfully tried numerous patent infringement cases in both the federal district courts and the International Trade Commission. I am one of only a few attorneys, if there are any others, who can say they have obtained injunctions for brand pharmaceutical companies and Hatch-Waxman cases in the federal district courts, as well as exclusion orders and cease and desist orders in the ITC. I will be speaking at the Knowledge Group's webinar on April 29 on an update on biopharma patent disputes in ITC Section 337 investigations. The Biologics Price Competition and Innovation Act, which I will refer to as the BPCIA, provides a regulatory pathway for biologics analogous to the older Hatch-Waxman pathway for small molecule drug products. However, there are important differences between the BPCIA and the Hatch-Waxman Act, one of which is is that to benefit from a 30-month stay under the Hatch-Waxman Act, a brand must sue a generic filer in a federal district court. Therefore, Hatch-Waxman cases are not brought in the ITC. There is no such requirement in the BPCIA. I will address several reasons the ITC can provide a viable alternative or supplement to what has become known as the, quote, patent dance under the BPCIA, which results in litigation in the federal district courts. A necessary precursor to filing a case in the ITC is that there is in-rem jurisdiction over an accused imported product. Licensed imported biologic and biosimilar products are viable candidates for ITC Section 337 jurisdiction. However, my presentation will cover that there are further restrictions under which ITC jurisdiction can be obtained with respect to an approved biosimilar product that is the subject of a pending abbreviated biologics license application. I also note that the ITC has not yet adjudicated an investigation involving an accused biosimilar product, nor applied the public interest factors to determine whether an infringing biologic or biosimilar should be excluded from importation. I will address the unique public interest factors the Commission could face in such investigations. Thank you. I'm Andrew Clark, a Vice President in the Washington, D.C. Office of Analysis Group, where a good deal of my work relates to economic issues arising in Section 337 investigations at the International Trade Commission. Over the last 15 years, I've analyzed a range of economic issues, including domestic industry, remedy, commercial success, public interest, and civil penalties. In the upcoming webinar, I'm going to focus on providing an update on the economic prong of the domestic industry, or DI, requirement at the ITC. We'll start with a quick refresher on just what the domestic industry requirement entails, and specifically the economic prong of the DI requirement. 
We'll look at the sorts of investments that complainants often use to satisfy their burden, the different requirements for a DI found under subsection A, B, or C, the nexus requirement under subsection C, and what it means to have a domestic industry, quote, in the process of being established, end quote. With that background, I'm then going to delve into a few of the Commission's recent decisions that provide guidance to complainants on the DI requirement. In particular, we're going to take a look at perhaps the most important clarification related to DI that emerged last summer from Investigations 1057 and 1097. Namely, do R&D and engineering investments have to be analyzed under subsection C with its heightened nexus requirement? or can they be included in an analysis under subsections A and B? We're also going to review the Commission's recent guidance as to a DI in the process of being established, and specifically, what is meant by the word article. We're going to take a look at one complainant's profit-based allocation methodology for its R&D investments, and whether that might be applicable more broadly to other types of investments. And lastly, we'll be discussing the Commission's latest opinion reflecting the Federal Circuit's 2015 LELO decision, its implications for third-party investments, and the extent to which sales and marketing investments are relevant to a DI, if at all. By the end of the webinar, participants should be well-positioned to help their clients navigate the particular nuances of the ITC's domestic industry requirement going forward in 2019. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group Podcast. Don't forget information about our panel and how to sign up will be found in the description box along with that code PODCAST25 to get you 25% off that first webcast registration. We look forward to seeing you there and until next time, take care. Bye now.